So I saw a, a piece from the Shem Yishmuel, which he dealt with. At the beginning of the parsha, we find that the Chayso starts the process of the Miluyim and Meshkin has not come yet. That's Yemashmini. Meshkin has not come yet. So Chayso goes to Meshurbenu. Mm-hmm. We know it's because we did the Chatoyim when the Meshkin is not coming to us. So Moshe says, no, no, no. It's because till now I was the one who was doing the Voida. And it's my reason. But once, once Aaron takes over, the Yemashmini, Aaron will take over. Right, the, then the Shkin will come. Except that it doesn't. <laughs> then. Aaron does the Voida, and Aaron says, Shkin doesn't come. He says, I know it's because of my Chatoim that Shkin doesn't come. So Kaiso blames himself, Mashabeno blames himself, and Aaron blames himself. So Baruch Hashem, it's, you know, each one that they have an Evis, and they have, have a Nova, and they say, We're the problem. And then finally, the, the Shkin comes. So on that topic, the Shemi Shmuel talks about the Nevis of Aaron versus the Nevis of, of, of Mashabeno. So what's the question? The question is the Chazal say that that it's greater that which says by Moshe and Aaron more than what it says by Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu says I'm not going to offer for Afer. So offer and Afer have a physical mitzvah. They're not significant. They're not valuable. Offer and Afer are not very valuable, but they exist. But Moshe and Aaron said Nach no more. What are we? What are we? We're nothing. We're nothing. There's nothing to us at all. So Moshe and Aaron is a greater madrega. So he tells the problem he brings from um, that his father asked. Um, I think it was his father that he asked that the, the um, it says Moshe was Adam Adam. Now, Nachtamor, the matters is pointing out like that's like the Spitz. You're nothing. So, like you know, there's a famous joke about this. There's two of the you know, sitting and learning. You know, two Bali Musa sitting and learning, and one person saying, you know, so when you learn Musa, you don't just read the words, and like you, you talk to yourself, you say, Ich bin a Gornish, Ich bin a Gornish. He says, I'm a bigger Gornish than you. I'm a bigger Gornish than you. Right? There's another story which goes like, you know, sometimes the people in Musa, like, they have like a nigga, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So one guy's saying, Ich bin a Gornish, Ich bin a Gornish. The other guy's saying, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, different versions of the story, but the third version of the story goes and says, You have a right to be a Gornish. You just can't be a shiva. You have to be in a shiva a while to, to be garnished. Right? So what does it mean if Nachtum was is the greatest Madraka? So how can Moshe Ridden be called them? He and Aaron are the same? That's his, his shtel. So he says that Batsim, the root of the Anivas of, of Moshe Rabbeinu and the root of the Anivas of Aaron and Karim are not the same. Aaron Akayan, because I'll say that you know that that he saw every, from that point onwards after he did the chetego, he comes to his back, he sees it looks like an eagle, but he sees chet. says he sees the chet in front of him constantly. So from that vantage point, he's an olive. Meshavenu's anivis was neveya from the fact that he had seen the shechina. Eklapi shechina were nothing. Now, so uh, what he f- means the Feroz, I think, is the following. There's a famous Misa with the with the, the Rusajagoin. That Rusajagoin gave a marshal that um, somebody one time a- asked him, like, you know, I see that every day the Re- you know the, the Rebbe's you know, saying, you know, I'll hate it or it's true to Nchupa, like him. what are his averas? Like what's Rebbe, you know, being misad about? So I'll tell you a story. It says one time I was traveling somewhere, I came to an inn. And the innkeeper treated me very nicely. 
He didn't know who he was, but he treated me very nicely. You know, I looked like a Mechubadigah person. He treated me very nicely. The next day, somebody came into the inn and recognized that, that this is Rosadig, right? So he says, this is Rosadig. He says, oh, and he goes, and he came into me and asked me, Mechilo, for how he treated me. So I said, what did you do wrong? He says, if I realized who it was, I would have treated you with greater respect. So every day I grow my awareness of a Kaddish Baruch. So every day I look back and the way I served the Kaddish Baruch yesterday was an insult. Because had I had today's Akkara of a Kaddish Baruch yesterday, I wouldn't have served the Kaddish Baruch like that. So, Meshavenu's Anivas comes from his awareness of Shechina. So, clapping the Shechina, what are you? You're nothing. But every day your awareness of the Shechina gets greater, your awareness of how nothing you are gets greater also. So they both say, Nach but Mashabedo's Nachnamoah is an autumn called Adam more than, than Aaron Akkarin's Nachnamoah. That's, that's basically his work. So, in that context, I was thinking about this idea of the, um, this piece over here, which we're going to look at. So, the question is so, how do we balance or how do we um, integrate or how do we, can we, or is it, is it a contradiction or can we find some way to? Accept the idea of self-esteem and anivas. Are they steer at each other, not steer at each other? Now, there's a famous Hasidic Shavuot um, that one of the rabbis said that, that there's two Gemaras. The Gemara says that a person says, It's a person who could have said that I'm Amish. The whole world was created for me. I'm, I'm such a cultural person. The whole world was created just for me. There's also a pasuk that says Nochi Afrei Veifer. He says so. Says a person has to have two pieces of paper in his pockets. One pocket it says Bishulin Ibrahim. One pocket says Nochi Afrei Veifer. And the court says to know when to pull out each piece of paper. That's what he said. So he says you go to a person, you say like you know that, you know I like to get involved and in, you know you know dealing with issues. Says me, I'm a gardener. Nochi Afrei Veifer. You can't expect me to do these things. Okay? Washington Shul, somebody tells him, he says, You're insulting me? I'm such a gosh of a guy. You shouldn't even I love. He says, No, no. When the person insults, you say, Well, garnish, no, never pay for The person says, You know, I want you to take me on. So he says, Yeah, Taka, I deserve to deal with the other issues. I'm a gosh of a I can deal with the issues. You have to know when they're not the right piece of paper. But uh, there's more to it. So this is this is a safer. It's Mayuchis to the Rabbanu Yarnav. I never looked, looked into the Makaris of whether it's really from him or not. There is, we have a Masara that apparently the Rabbanu Yarnav wrote on multiple things, uh, multiple topics. So we have Sefer Shari Voida from him. It's another Sefer called Sefer Hashorim from the Rabbanu Yarnav. That's more questionable whether it was written from him or not. I mean, but we know that he did write Sharma, he did write on various different topics besides the Shari Tshuva. Um, so Shari Tshuva seems to be accepted that it's from the Ben Yonah. So, the topic is So that's the topic. Now we're not going to do the whole, the Sefer is, I mentioned to you one time about the Kabbalah's part of it. We, we did a little piece of quote from him from the, about the Kabbalah's. But this is the moment we're getting the Sefer. Pesach Arishan who the first introduction to this whole thing is you have to know how valuable you are. 
have to recognize the chashivas that you have personally and that where you came from. And know that these people were beloved by Kaddish Baruch so the first step is once you understand that cheshivas you need to live up to it you need to, to attempt constantly to be a true descendant and a true heir of that cheshivas which, you, which, which your ancestors gave you and you, then you will move forward to constantly get closer to your creator even if you started out very, being very limited and eventually it will expand tremendously and you have to undertake to re- re- understand who you are, and therefore that you should not be an embarrassment to the previous generations. And therefore this will accomplish. If he will be tempted to do something inappropriate, he'll be embarrassed. Um, how could I lower myself to such things? Okay? But if you will, however, not recognize the your Kashivas, so you, you'll be tempted and you'll be much more easy for you to accept to go on these paths that you're very, very comfortable just quote unquote revealing yourself but just like lower, you know, acting uh, in a very lo- lowly fashion if a person is not embarrassed means he has no value to himself you can get there recognize that it's it, it's doable it's it's attainable and therefore it's something which is part of who you are and therefore you will never step back okay um, then we're not asking you to do more than you can do okay it's a very powerful piece in the Ben Yorna which is like the Baal Muster par excellence you know he gives you these Muster Shmuzen over there and Shari Tshuva like whoa you know he's saying you know you gotta know that you're kosher uh, I think I mentioned to you that uh, Someone's like you. You have have this like this eye-opening uh, moment. So, if you ever learn Rukhatskal Levinstein's Swarim, they're very, very powerful. Very, very, very strong act. To be a very strong pressure pushing expectations, you know, etc. Very heavy Muslim. Um I wonder if I, where I have it still. I have a um, 
I was able to get my hands on the shmuz, and he said upon him, he was he was in Panama Tshiva, so I feel maybe he was in Panama Tshiva. They, the shmuz, and he said in Panama Tshiva during the during the, the build up to the Six Day War, which you know at that point in time, you know, you remember like you know that they were saying they're gonna you know we're gonna you know kill them all out, you know, it was horrible. So he was being giving shmuz and come every day about being teveya, tshuva, and you know tefillah, etc. Every paragraph is like a sledgehammer. Like every paragraph is almost just like pounding you, pounding you, and pounding you, right? He writes in one of his, he has a piece, he has a safe around like Yavim the Royim. He talks about a person, the Balgaiva, and Mama, she pounds the guy that you know that the person's going to burn again. It's like Al Gabalik. Good. That's Rukhatsko. I actually had a, had a, had a Talmud and Tells, which I asked at him from learning Rukhatsko. It was, it was so, it's so depressing. He, he, was having the, he was having mental health issues. <laughs> So I open up his Mechtavim. They, they printed his Mechtavim. I just open up random the page, and the page he's writing to tell me, he says, you know, you need more Gaiva. He's like, huh? Like, what? <laughs> like, he just wrote it over there that you know, a person has Gaiva is going to burn and like, add him for like a billion years, you know? And he's saying, you need more Gaiva. Like, so that's, it hit me that, you know, there's a mice with the Rebisilianik he was the son-in-law of the altar from the Vardik. He, he was the Robin Baranovich. He was in the Meshkech and the, the Baranovich Yeshiva. For a period of time, he was the Robin, the Robin of the city. He was a big time of He was a big Balavoyed, big Balmusser. Um, a Muslim of his, of his Madrega in, in Musser, it says that there was, there was a problem in the shtetl, in the shtat, that there was... the. Sh- you know, the Shabbos' job w- was to come every morning and, and light the fire in the, in, the, in, the, in the stove in the shul, when the people would come to Davin, the shul would be warm. So he would have to come 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. So by the time people would come, people would come to learn, like, you know, already 4.35, and people were coming to the shul, it should be warm. And many nights, people would, there would be people who were in the end would sleep in the shul, sh- and they would keep the fire going. Once a while, nobody would be there. So the Shabbos already got a little bit lazy. He relied on the on the, 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 the niyam. But the Nehemiah wasn't always there. People complaining the Shabbos not doing his job. So they wanted to fire the Shabbos. And he him every morning everything is fine. So everything is, everybody's happy that the Shabbos is doing his job. But the problem is the Shabbos wasn't doing his job. So Shabbos was thinking there's a Nehemiah. What really was happening was that the Rav, Rabbi was getting up every morning and lighting the fire. The Shabbos shouldn't lose his job. One morning, the wood, whatever was was the shtickle, was wet a little bit, and and it's not lighting. So he's he, he sticks his head inside the oven to blow on the blow on the fire to get the fire going. Right then, the shamash walks in. He doesn't know who it is because his fellow has his head in the oven. So he figures it's an ani. So he goes over, he gives the guy, says, you know, a friendly slap on the back. <laughs> now the rub says, if I pull my head out now, it's going to be. I'm the guy's gonna be embarrassed. But Lamaisa, the fire caught. Because I'll say it's better you should put yourself in the kitchen nation than you should marry oh. somebody. <laughs> so he stayed in till finally the Shamash left and he ended up losing half of his beard. Half of his beard was singed off. That was Rusilak of the Chamas. Okay. The Altamon of Arctic's son in law, you know. So one day he gets up in the Shmuz and he says to Sir Brachas, you can't come to the Shmuz. Sir says, why not? He says, let me explain something. He says, every bacher that I say the shmuz to, it goes in one ear and out the other. So I say very stark, because I'm hoping as it flies through the head, 
something maybe should stay. But you idiot, everything stays in your head. So you can't come to the Shmuz because it's too powerful for you. Right? That's what Rishel Yaakov said. So I kept that Rukhatsko Shmuzin and his private letters are two different things. The Shmuzin are, you know, he hits you with a sledgehammer. So he's hoping Epis something should go in. Right? The letters are to the specific individual. You need more guy. Right? So, you know, that's how I understood it. So it means you should take Shmuzin with a grain of salt. Yes, that's what it means. Right? 100%. You know? So, when they tell you that you're one of the shmuz, just take a grain of salt. Any other way What? Okay, so, but the, but the Rana Yarn is saying that, you know, an intrinsic part of Avoida is understanding who you are. Okay. So, there's a piece of, let's do a piece of refresh next. Okay, yeah, I put it next, we'll do it right. So, Avoikarism is Kvod Hashem. So, so Hirsch writes like this. So what does it mean, Kavad Hashem? The, the covenant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like the words, the glory of Hashem. Like we, it's nice words, but what does that mean? You're going to see the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It says, just as, in, in verse 7, just as Kavad waits, gives us an idea of the material, mass, or content of an object. So if you remember your, your, your basic high school physics, right? The difference between waste mass and weight right? is mass is the actual matter which is there and weight is the act of gravity on that mass to give it a certain weight and therefore when you take your item and put it on the moon it has the same mass but it has a different weight because the gravity of the moon is different right? basic, basic science so weight is a way for us to approximate and understand what the mass is there right so it's not the mass itself. It's it's the way for us to understand the interface between the gravity and the item. It's for us. To, it's a way for us to understand, get get, a, get an idea of what there is based on the weight. So weight is about an interface between us and the item. So so COVID designates the spiritual weights, the impression that the mental and moral worth of a person makes on us, by which we estimate his mental and moral worth. So we're not talking about the atom of the, the person. We're talking about the interface of how it, we use this as a vehicle to understand the significance which is here. So it's a weighty matter. It has gravitas. We use all of these words which are about weight. When we say something is significant, we use the word it's weighty. So that's exactly the point. Covid is the, the way for us to understand the significance of the item. It's not the, it's not the item itself. It's the, the way for us to understand the significance of the item which is here. Yeah, so that's the same word, covet. Covet and covet, right. Yeah. Applied to Hashem. Covet is the impression. The trail which is intervention in earthly affairs leaves behind it, from which one gets an intimation of his presence and his greatness. So Kavad is the way for us to get an awareness of the significance of Kavad Baruch Right. The one way once I heard it from Rabbi Zev Hoberman, the Zev Yitrov, he says, COVID is the process. The example which he gave me, he says, you know, the, 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 it was right after, I guess, some football team won the Super Bowl. So they had a, they had a parade for, the, for them and back in, in their hometown. Right? 
So what are people saying? People are saying that to them football is significant. And their ticker tape parade for the fellows is their way to say that what you've done is important to me. So it's not the it's not the hoopla itself, as he put it. It's the message that the hoopla gives of that what is important is what covet is. So covet is the act of giving, either recognizing or giving recognition to the significance which is here, and that's what we we talk about covet. Okay. So now, so Rabchatzko Levenstein, the same Rabchatzko Levenstein, I heard from a son of a ta- of a, a mirror because he was he, before he went to Panovich, he was with the Mir Yeshiva, he was with the Mir Yeshiva in Europe. He traveled with the Mir Yeshiva to Shanghai, and eventually he came to America for a short period of time with some of the mirror to meet him. He came to America, and he left the he left, didn't like America. He said it's like you know too much tumor. And he went to Eretz Israel and eventually he joined Panavich Yeshiva. So when he was in the Mir Shanghai, at some point in time, he said the following sentence. He said, Yeder mensch dafalefel kabad yadotok. Everybody needs a spoonful of kabad every day. Right? Was, was Mary Poppins said you need a spoonful of right? He said you need a spoonful of kabad. So the, the person sent it over to me said he heard it from his father and his father heard from Kotsko. Kotsko said this more than once that every person needs a spoonful of covenant every day which means every person needs to be reminded every day that he's significant that's what covenant means I need to know that I'm significant because if I, if I totally believe, if I believe that I'm totally insignificant I would commit suicide what I'm doing here, I'm worthless so just give up which is what happened. I, that, that fellow, which I, you know, I, I asked him to learn from Katskills, he came and said, listen, after all that muster, I decided I'm a rush. I'm going to burn again and forever. I just want to get it over with already. That's what he said to me. He seriously wanted to, right, you know, just get it over with. Like, I do nothing good, nothing right, nothing, everything is wrong, everything is bad, everything is horrible, you know. I said, man, this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. So I told me you can't learn that ever anymore. So, so what should I learn? He said, learn gateway to happiness. He <laughs> <laughs> says, says, you're not serious. He says, I am serious. He says, I'm going to sit in most center in base matters and learn gateway to happiness. He said, yes. <laughs> he didn't listen to me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but a person needs to know that they're important. A person needs to know that they have, they have a significant contribution to the world. The Russian put him here for a reason, and we have what to offer to the world. We'll get to what Anivas is, but Anivas is not thinking that I'm worthless. Because if that's your attitude, so why are you here? Okay. Um, now, let's do this. Now, on that thought, let's do this. There's a page. What page is it? Um, yeah, it's on the page with the Tzitzkas Atzadik towards the back of the packet. It's right after the um, Paragimel Hakavod Ragaiva Ashlili. Yeah, this is a piece from Tzadik. I remember I, I saw this piece. I was a Bachar still, and my so Tzadik wrote many swords. For whatever reason, Tzitzkas Atzadik. Well, somebody published just that volume, like for Lilanish with somebody, etc. So, of course, all I owned was Tzitzkas Hazadik. 
So I happened to open one day to this page, and I uh, I underlined this piece. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, as much as you believe in Kaddish Baruch, you have to believe in yourself. Let's learn. Sheish like Shemiz Baruch Esekimoy. The Bereshit has interest in me. B'sheinu and Enu Paul Botol Shabin Laila Hoya Bin Laila Ova. He's not a worthless individual that has nothing to contribute. He's a worthless worker. Just like animals, which when they die, they're gone. And the Bershom has tremendous pleasure from us when we do what we're supposed to be doing. So we're important. So they Kaiser believed in Hashem. They believed in those who serve him. Because Mersha represents, because I'll say Mersha was equivalent to 600,000. So believing in those who serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu, we're believing in that. If the Russia created me, so let's get this straight. So Russia created me, but he really got it wrong. Like he made such a mess that's really worthless that I'm here. So you're, you're lacking in your moon on Hakadosh Baruch Hu. If the Russia created me, it means he has a plan for me. He believes that I want to accomplish. He believes that I can do it, and he believes that I'm a valuable contribution to society. So they believed in Kadosh Baruch Hu. Pirish Moshe Ratzal Lamer Klal Shishim Riba Nafshad Yisrael Badarahu Hemino Shashem Yisbarach Chovitz Behem Memela Gam Kain B'Moshe Asher Hu Mamish Hem. Because I'll say that they're Moshe Moshe them, etc. Fine. V'Roitzu Makabel Nachasuach Minachel Lekatayv Shabehem. The Russian is Pashan interested. Right? So that's part of a Muna that, that the, um, the Mabit says that part, part of the Muna of Tfilo. So, I mean, if I have any, like, I'm worthless and I deserve nothing. So, what are you diving for? Like, you, you have a right to ask for anything. You low life, nothing, this garnished. You know, the garnish of the garnish of the garnish, like, you know, you, 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 he says, if you're doing that, you're, you're limiting your moon in the Kaddish Baruch He's saying that the Kaddish Baruch is not interested in giving to you unless you deserve it. And if you don't deserve it, the Russian not gonna, doesn't want to deal with you. The Russian, you, you just put a limit on him, he says. The Russian gives because he's interested in you, whether whether you whether you're quote unquote deserving or not. So that's a little bit of a different point, but okay. Now let's go back and look at Chavos Lavavos. So that's you know let's take it back to Chavos Lavavos. Chavos Lavavos is very important to us because Chavos is the first Mishnah Sefer written after the Gemara. That's anything. About the Chavos Lavavos, you know, after the Gemara, you have Halachas from written, then you have Biurim and Shas. But Chavos Lavavos was written before Rashi. He lived before Rashi. It's the first Musa Sefer that we have. Right? So Chavos Lavavos says like this: He has a shark called Shark Kaniya. 
the topic of the, the whole shar, by the shar of a shar means a section. Right? Like the Chazal uses also Boba. Boba Kama is a shar in Aramaic. It means a section. Shar Kaniya. Vatanabaris Kelkek, Noah, Haknoah, and the Klekos of Shechelokim. Feeling that you're worthless. She told me, man, he, Sevelis Midwar, Mamikim, Law, Shoysi, I don't feel right to push away things which bother me because I'm, I'm so not good at things and so not valuable that whatever, I just, I'll, I'll live with it. Mishani Yadas, Ketzel, he called it to me. That's fools. They don't realize how valuable they are. It's something else. It's referred to as Achnoah because people refer to it as Achnoah. They, they borrowed that phrase, that, that very valuable, significant phrase of Achnoah, and they applied it to this. It's not the act of being machnia, feeling a weakness, and feeling that you're worthless. It's, it's, it's a blindness. Which really, what's good for it? Okay. <laughs> is after you you've been uplifted. You're way beyond the animals. You realize that. And you're greater, you're better than the the, the average negative person. And it comes from the wisdom that you have. And he realizes the value that you have. You realize what's good and what's bad. You've learned a lot about the, the right the righteousness. That's But it comes from because you know I'm a That's not that's 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 your means. You're acting like a behemoth. You know the the the. the, the the, whatever the master says, do it does because yeah, it can be a garnish. I don't have a right to fight behind. Shkayach, you know, so you're acting like a behemoth. A person understands what a human being is, understands what a Yisrael is, understands what he is, and the chashivas that he has. And he, even after that, he realizes that I don't, deserve, I don't deserve to get praised for that because I have, I, I, there's klapik kadosh baruch I'm not so significant. You know, person was so much greater, and this is my responsibility. But I know who I am. They quote Rebukhanan. Rebukhanan, somebody one time asked Rebukhanan about the Chabaz Chaim. Chabaz Chaim was an honor. He says, the Chabaz Chaim knew who he was. He says, of course. Chabaz Chaim said to me multiple times that he has a Christ for the whole, the whole generation. He knew his role in Christ, so he knew who he was. It wasn't because, uh, you know, it was a bit of garnish, you know. Meshavinah's Adam Mikhaladah. Adam Mikhaladah didn't mean that Meshavinah didn't stand up to Klai Yisrael. Because that's a bit of garnish. I should, I should have Klai Yisrael. I should tell him what to do. I have to be. I'm nobody. I should tell Klai what to do. 
He didn't, that wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu knew who he was. He knew what his role was. But Im calls that, he understood that after all that, a human being, Chabi Kodesh was nothing. So I have no right to be, mis- be, be, be misgoed. You know, the Chavetz Chaim's understanding of the clarity of a Kodesh Baruch Hu was such that, you know, what, what, you know what's a Mishkoah about? I mean, there are... I told you the Maestro of the Gifter one time, the person went to Gifter about it, he needed Eitz about Gaiva. I told you this. This was, this was... It's one of those stories which, like, it wasn't intended to happen like this, but it came out like that. So, in tells in my days, as a Bacher, Musa said it was after Shacharis. So they would dive in chakras and wrap this up. They would say that I'll learn Musr for 20 minutes. So the Rashiva was learning Musr, whatever it was. And this Bakr was learning Musr. And he, you know, he, he felt he has a problem with Gai. He's too much about Gaiva. So he went over to her gift to ask him for an Eitzah, but they did with Gaiva. Now, the Rashiva, Rashiva's natural voice was extremely loud. He, he had, his natural voice was just, he was, he was a very powerful, a very powerful speaker. And he would raise his voice. He was like, really loud. So the Bacha goes over to a gifter, and you know, it, was, it was supposed to be a private conversation. He said, the Bacha says, you know, I don't see so much that you have to be Balgaib about. Like, you know, he probably guy, but like, you know, are you the most good guy in the Yeshiva? No. Are you the smartest guy in the Yeshiva? No. Are you the biggest Mathe Yeshiva? No. Are you the biggest Lab in the Yeshiva? No. Are you the biggest Bucky Yeshiva? No. It's like, so, so where's the guy? Like, what do you have to be a guy about? But the Shiva said it in his regular voice, which is the whole base manager heard. <laughs> so the guy goes over and the Shiva says to him, and what do you have to be about guy about? So that moment took care of all the guys' guy. I guess so. <laughs> because he looked like an absolute fool in front of the whole base manager. Right? <laughs> And it was like, oh man, like, like, you know, that wasn't how it was supposed to play out, you know, but that's what happened, you know. <laughs> you know, he said, do, mit what? Like, what are you going to be misguided about? It's like, oh man. Anyway, so, um, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like she was trying to shut him out. It was like, it was like, you know, he was just discussing with him, you know, it ended up being like publicized, you know, like, Blare it out to the whole base manager. And like everybody looked up and like, it was like <laughs> Okay. I went to the mice once with one of my Kaverim. So like you know, Rashiva wanted us to ask during Shear. But one time like one of my Kaverim was like was like really getting stubborn. Like, you know, she was saying this, the book was saying that, you know, like finally this is um, his name is Pesach. He says Pesach. Here tshuva shichzog and lojop. Like listen to him saying and stop it. You know, fine. So that two time apparently that he you know second Shabbos Rishib etc. Like he, th- he thought the Rishib was like looking at him with an upset tone of voice. So finally he said he has to ask Rishib. You know if uh, if she was upset at him. So he went to he asked Rashiva. Again, it was like one of these conversations, like you know she said to me, he said in Yiddish, he said, you know, that's how I speak. That you know, the problem is he said it. 
But when he said, it's a redich. He's like, the whole base redich heard is a redich. You know, it's like the same thing. Oh, man, like, you know. She would just, he didn't always talk quietly. And his voice was, I can't, I can't explain to you, his voice, he had extremely, just his natural voice was just, would fill the room. And when he raised his voice, it, it, when the Shiva would raise his voice in a shoes and really get upset, you would you could feel the wall shake. I mean, that's how powerful his voice was. It was, it was, it was just like you know, it was like woo. The funny part about it was he always we always started shmuz very quietly. You know, he would like lean forward to, to hear what he's saying. And all of a sudden, he would like let out this. That was like okay. Let's take a look over here at this idea. Um, from the Malbin. Um The same shepherd going. Tug of Shalruch Migvaruch. It's called Musr Chachma. Is the name of the top of the page. Um, no, not that one. That's back. That was right. That was right. Yeah. After the Chavzu Baruch. Next page. Yes. I surely I remember them. Some part of my time, if I'm, I'm top of my game, I get this done in a, in, a, in a timely fashion, I'll do that. Okay. Hanova Gaiva Shayam Bibihira. Amisgoma Bia Esatsamila Mila Mimetrigosa. I choose to lift myself beyond where I really am. But he understands his value. Rak who but he chooses after that value to say that, that there's nothing to be misgoed about. But he knows his value. But Ruach, the person who's lowly, probably should be Yashpilu Oisoi. I think just from the flow of the plot. Okay. So you push it, you have there's no Bechir involved over here. You just think you're nothing. You think you have nothing to talk about. Um, okay. The general Midas we want you to go in the middle, middle path. Misha says you should be a but it's not the person that says, I talk, seeing zero value in my being. So just my natural instinct is that I'm a nothing. That's not pshat. Rak toiv shalruach es anovim. That's the end of the pasuk. She has shivlis misibas anova. She bechiris sikhlis apiach kochma v'chukea. Okay. If a person comes along and says, I'm a nothing, because he believes that he's actually a nothing, there's nothing to him at all, that's not bechira. That's not a thought process. That's just his natural instincts. That's wrong. A person understands he has a value. But he makes a decision that after understanding that, 
that there's nothing to be misgah about, and there's nothing to, to hold any rights over anybody else, and not to worry about the perception, etc., etc. That's a decision that he makes. He makes decisions to the point of being a shval ruach. So there's a Rambam, which I didn't put into the famous Rambam, Rambam Pirish Mishnayis, and of his Perik Dalad, Mishnah Dalad, talks about the, the final madrega of a, of a tzaddik. Right? Or a chosid. He says there was a chosid which was traveling once. Somebody asked him, like, what was the happiest day of your life? And he said the following. He says, one time I was traveling on a, on a, on a boat somewhere, and there's a group of rich, pompous individuals. At one time I was lying down in the hold, I was lying down over there, and this person came and saw me and relieved his, did his bodily functions on top of me to show how much he's not mobsure of me. I said, it didn't bother me a key, who's that? He said, that was the happiest day of my life. That's what the Ramam quotes this piece. Means the person was so not marugish by the people's perception of him. It was totally irrelevant, but people thought about him to the point that so this guy was with me. Says when I reach that madrega, that that's how I. But that's a decision. That's what the, 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 the Malva is saying. That's a madrega of a human being is it can reach a, a thought process to the point that that's where it is. I one time said, which is a little bit different than H, I one time said, Reb Chatzkel writes, actually, the, the, they, they, they put out a safer Reb Chatzkel besides his Arya Cheskel. One of the Samidim from Shanghai was Malak at some of his shmuz and put out a safer called Yad Yecheskel. So back at Yad Yecheskel, they bring over some mices, different mices, that he, some stories that he said. So one of the stories that he said over there is that Rishul Salanter originally planned to be a Tzadik Nister, just like Reb Zundel was a Tzadik Nister. Eventually he decided that that's not what he wants, that that's not the role Russia wants him to do in his life. He needs to go public and push Musr, etc. But during that decision, during that time when he would, you know, decided he's going to be a Tzadik Nister like Rebuzundal, so he decided two things he needs to accomplish. First, he has to memorize all of Shas. Because this way, he'll never be seen opening a safer. He can learn Shas without being seen opening a safer. Because if he opens a safer, he'll look like he's learning. And the point is to look like he's an, you know, he's an Amoritz, you know, ignoramus. So people will give him zero COVID, it'll be Mr. So the first point was to memorize all of Shas. Gemara Shitoy says everything, so he didn't ever have to open a safer. The second point, he said, is he needed to learn how to condense his very intense tefillah into a very quick, motionless, emotionless act of tefillah. So that's what he did. He trained himself those two things. So remember, I'm, I'm like reading the story. I think to myself, let's say I knew Shas Balpeh. Now, I'm not going to go tell you I know Shas Balpeh because that's guy, right? But I want you to know that I know Shas Balpeh. So how am I going to do that? You know, so you leave a hint here, you know, like, you know, the person says, you know, like, you know, my kids, yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, like the more Ksuvas and Samachon Bays at the bottom, like, right, the fourth line at the bottom, like, you know, I'll drop lines here and there that you should get the hint that I know Shas. Mishasalantar, his dream was that people should not know that he knows Shas. I said, what's the Shas? 
Chassid says a person needs a, needs a life of the covet every day. The answer is, where are you supposed to get covered from? From a Kodesh Baruch So, honestly, if the Barashim thinks I'm valuable, what you think, whether you think I'm valuable or not is irrelevant. If the Barashim thinks I'm not valuable, what you think I'm valuable or not also is relevant. So what you think about me is really relevant. If I truly have an awareness of a Kodesh Baruch and I live with that awareness and I understand that in Kodesh Baruch Hu's eyes what my value is, or not, I really don't care what you're thinking. It's such that it's not trying to, I'm, you have to sit there and grab, oh, he thinks negative, it's like, it's irrelevant. The opposite extreme is a person who has zero self-esteem, but a person needs to have self-esteem. So he constantly needs to get it f- piped in from outside of himself. So he's totally ruggish to every single person's attitude about him. So the Miri writes is that a person who is runs after COVID is worse than the Vodazaranik. Why? Vodazar bows down to a certain this person bows down to every human being in the world. What's the COVID? Because every person he needs to get covered from. But the root of the problem usually is because the person doesn't have Erech And therefore he needs to get the cover from outside of him. Because you need it. Rechaz's point is, a person needs to know he's valuable. So you have two options. Either you know you're valuable. And if you don't know you're valuable, you need somebody to keep telling you that you're valuable. Like the other end of the spectrum, like, I, I mentioned this story before. You, you read the story the story with Joshua Bell with the, uh, with the, uh, the violin Joshua Bell, there's a violin, there's a, nowadays there is a famous violin player named Joshua Bell. He's considered probably the, the greatest violin player of, our, of this generation. See, he was in Washington, they see, about seven years ago to receive an award for his contribution to violin music. Okay. While he was here, the, the Washington Post asked him if he'd be willing to conduct a social experiment. Okay? What was the social experiment? They want him to go dress up like a... Like a and go to the train station. <laughs> yeah. So they, they put him in Lafayette Plaza downtown, Monday morning during rush hour. They had, a, they had a camera watching. And he played. They dressed up like, you know, with the Nationals t-shirt, you know, with the, game, with the baseball cap. Put, some, put a few dollar bills into the, into the, into the violin case. And he's standing there in Lampa Plaza with his three point something million dollar Stradivarius mm-hmm. playing one of the most complicated and gorgeous pieces of violin music which exists. And they're watching people going by and they're counting how people are going by. How many people are going to stop and listen to the music? But that was the, the, the experiment. And they took bets beforehand from these major, like, you know, you know conductors, etc. Says, how many people are going to stop? It says, Who's playing? Joshua, Joshua Bell? 300 people will stop. You know, like it. So during this 40-minute clip, they, they, they counted that over 1,000 people walked by him. Seven people stopped to listen. Seven people stopped to listen. And other seven people, the one who stayed the longest was a little child who was mesmerized. And the mother, you, they see in the video, the mother trying to pull the kid away, you know? Like, you know, we gotta go, you know? That's the... That's the, the experiment. But in the article, which I saw somebody, somebody quote this article, I said, I need to see this article. I don't want to see the real article. So I found the article in the Washington Post. I read it. In the article, 
there's an interesting conversation over there which I think is very significant. So, I mean, the belt said over the, the, the point over here was that there's this gorgeous music and nobody noticed it. And my hergusher was, which this point of this, somebody who was quoting this, you know, some from guy was quoting the article, was and you walk to, you walk to the every morning, you're also hearing an orchestra, you're not noticing it. The Bershom was plush of playing an orchestra. The, 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 the sky above, the, the, the birds, the, 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 the trees, the, the, everything, and we don't hear it. That was, that was, the, that was the most issue they were writing. But in the, the, the actual article, they asked Josh Bell what was his emotion when he was doing this. So he said he was nervous. He was nervous how people are going to respond. Then so they asked him, are you normally nervous when you play? He said, no. And they said, so what's the difference? He says, when I play normally, people pay money to come hear me. So before I start, they already have validated me. But over here, I have no idea how these people are going to react to my music. And they might think it's not good. And I'm reading the same thing. This guy, is, it's a nebo. This fellow is here in Washington, D.C. to receive an award given by the top mevinim of music in the, in, the, in the world, recognizing his contributions to, 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 to violin music. And he's going to go the next morning and stand in a subway station. And there's a person he's never going to see again in his life who's going to walk by and say, bad piece of music. And he's nervous about it. He has zero self-esteem. His self-esteem is fed every single second by people giving him, lauding him, and applauding him. And if any moment one person says, boo, He's always rich. That's why he's scared. But the guy, it's, it's, it's a, this is our society. Our society is constant. There's no inner being of, of confidence, of the value that I have. And it's all about what people say about me. So I'm constantly, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly sensitive to everybody's, everybody's comments. Which, you know, we have nowadays this whole thing about the micro-sensitivities and this whole thing about it. It's, it's like, everybody's like, like, what you, you know, do you really believe you're valuable? So, so what do you care what the person says? But, but he said, and therefore you have to, I have to react. Why? Because, like, give me an intelligent answer. Because I had a conversation now, somebody came to me like, you know, this person belittled me. I said, okay. So I feel like I have to respond. I said, why? I said, okay, let, let me, I said, I'll, 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 I'll tell you the following. I'm going to give you a slowly shmo why you shouldn't respond. Right? Why, why are you responding? Because he's diminishing my COVID. Right? Now, let, let's explain something. When people respond, when people insult them on their COVID, what, are, what, are, what do you think the, the, the listeners think? This guy's a bald guy, but he cares about everybody thinks about him. What about the guy that doesn't respond? They say, well, this guy's a healthy guy and he doesn't care. You get more COVID not responding than responding. See, if your problem is you're worried about your COVID, the Shlodi Shmo says, don't respond. Forget about the, 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 the you know, you, I, I, it's my COVID, I, got, I have to protect my COVID. You get more COVID by not protecting your COVID than by protecting your COVID. <laughs> you know, so, 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 so forget about it. Like, you know, he says, you know, you're right. But there's just like, there's a, in the same way, so many punches that you punch back. I said, well, you know, that's not the smartest thing in the world either. But he didn't punch you. He, he just belittled you. 
says he didn't belittle you. you he'll belittle you as much as you let him belittle you, make you little. So that's what he's saying. You, you can't be, if, it has to be a decision of a Shval Ruach. The Chosid who sat there and said it was the happiest day of his life, it wasn't because I'm such a Nebuchadnezzar and people just walk all over me. He's not happy. Yeah. He'd be horrible. He'd be horrified. He says, I'm Amish, such a Nebuchadnezzar that even the people did this to me, like, you know, I'm Amish, such a Nebuchadnezzar. What to be happy about? But a person said, I'm so comfortable with who I am. And I, I, I totally so much do not care what you think about me. That I feel totally comfortable that even when you insulted me, degraded me in the most extreme way, horrible way, it was with me. I didn't lose my value because of you. It's a, it's a, it's a commentary on you, not on me. So the person had such a simcha that he reached a madrega that he was not he had zero need to define himself by 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 these idiots. Whereas the ninety nine point nine percent of the society defines themselves by the idiots around them, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's the point the Malabim is saying. Okay. Um, let's. Uh, So this safer is from the safer basic Cheskel. Basic Cheskel is from, from Ritzuriel. Ritzuriel was the Meshkiach in Shalavim Yeshiva. Now he's been, been, been retired. He's still alive. The man is, the way I understand that he has a um, photograph memory, photographic memory. And he's like written tremendous amount of swarm, like, you know, liquid swarm, like, you know, you can, like, everything he loses, he remembers. So, like, okay, you know, Let's discuss another. So he'll bring you, he can quote you every chazal and every thing about another. Like, you know, so that's what he, this is what the basic Haskell is. Basically, it's what he does. <laughs> so this camera came out. I, I, I got a copy of the Safer, I don't know, 30 years ago. You know, photo, made a photocopy of the Safer. Okay. So, um, so he said like this, person who feels depressed and feels lowly, how is a nova different than that? Okay. A person who's an onov is happy. He recognizes what a Kodesh has given him. And so that, that's Simcha. It's rooted in depression. Deep down, the root of it is. Um, I'm not sure what the next word is. doesn't make sense. And the root of it is the opposite. I wish I was better, and I'm not, so I feel horrible. I think I told you the story about I have a chaver in Cleveland who is very, 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 very insightful in people. Very quick, very quick, very insightful in people. And he's uh, he's very, very Demiller's Zatzal's grandson, and he's very comfortable saying what's on his mind. Like Eric Miller used to do. So he told me a story about a phone call that he got from somebody 
in City X. From person calls him up, he says, you know, he says, somebody told me to call you. He says, you, only you can help me. That's what the fellow says to him. He says, I'm contemplating suicide. And somebody said, call Rabbi so-and-so, he'll help you deal with the issue. So he says, why are you contemplating suicide? Because I have so many errors and I, I just, just, just do so many things wrong. I just, I, I can't deal with that anymore. I just want to get over with. So, my father says to him, remember, his name is Rabbi Brog. Rabbi Brog says to the person, he says, you Paul Kaiva, you? You Paul Kaiva, you? He says, you thought you were Moshe Benu. One day you woke up and realized you're not Moshe Benu. And it's so depressing to you that you want to die. You know what? You never were Moshe Benu to start with. You're a human being with Mazen Chesrenes. You're not perfect. You're not horrible. And stop it. It was like, the, the root of the problem of the thesis is, I wish I, was, I, I wish I was richer. I wish I was this, and I'm not, so I'm nothing. That's the thought process. But the root of the problem is not, I look at what I have, I look at what I don't have. Or he wishes people would recognize his value more. And since they don't, he feels horrible. But he's not going to admit it, because that's bad. So he lives, walks around, eating, eating it up alive. Person who's constantly depressed is because he's lacking in the bitachon that the brother has taken care of him. The brother is so good to me. He gives me so much, even though I'm not doing so much yet. But the brother is very nice to me. He gives me so much, and I appreciate it. Of some of the He's Kulash going what he doesn't have. He thinks about his relationship. Okay, so he's focusing on his relationship with the Kulash Borokhu, and from that vantage point, he realizes, you know, this, I'm not so big, but it's okay. I want to be as good as everybody else. So he's constantly comparing himself to the guy next to him. Okay. But the Kuta eats is from the, the, the best of her. Even though the thing that the good had Yetzirah in them. I'm a Jew. Okay, it's all here. Awesome.